Hi, it's John Taffer from Bar Rescue. Did you know the second building in America was a tavern? When I built my new restaurant franchise concept, Taffer's Tavern, I thought back to the roots of what makes a tavern a tavern. Timeless character. All while delivering an unbelievably delicious food and beverage experience. That paired with my 40 plus years in the industry provides a clear roadmap to success. Do you have what it takes to be a Taffer's Tavern franchisee? If so, I'd love to hear from you. Visit franchise.tafferstavern.com. The skills and credentials you need for the career you want are within reach at University of Maryland Global Campus. In accredited state university, UMGC offers online courses, personalized advising, lifetime career services, and more. Visit umgc.edu slash podcast. Hey everyone, this is the Almost Rogue Podcast. Bringing to you mind-blowing interviews with guests from all over the world. So settle down, relax, and enjoy the show. Oh yeah, by the way, if you like the podcast, please support Elmo's World Podcast on Patreon. Your support is what helps the podcast improve more and more. Welcome to Elmo's World Podcast. This is Elmo, and I'm with my friend Sam. Hey man, can you introduce yourself? Hello everyone. My name's Sam of South Wales, so if anyone doesn't know where that is, it's a little part of the UK next to England. Uh... I'm based. I not much to say really. I'm just, uh, just yeah, just a normal South Australian. Like like to wind up the English as we all do, and uh, I work as a cook. It's been my trade since I was about sixteen, and yeah, it's not much, not much to say really. really. Rugby mad lad, like all Welsh people are, and and I like I enjoy things like uh, boxing and stuff as well. Yeah, Sam. Uh, I guess like I, I'm really interested in your story about your journey. In terms of uh, re- exploring other religions, right? Uh, can you talk about that more? Oh, where where it took? Yeah, you? of course. Yeah, of course. So I guess um, start off right at the beginning, right? I was brought up uh, in a Christian household, um, Baptist to be precise, if anyone needs that. And uh, I guess so. You know, when you are brought up around a religion, it's easy to become. Like it just is what it is, you know. You go to Sunday every week, so what? And uh, you go to Sunday school, so what? Like it's it's very easy to become numb to all of that. Um, and then I sort of when I hit the age about fifteen, sixteen, it's that kind of age where you discover things. I'm not sure if this has been this happened to you, Elmo, but you discover things like I don't know, going out and getting drunk and dating and that sort of the party lifestyle, you know. You, you know, you discover that, and then basically, religion just wasn't important to me at that point. I wouldn't proclaim I became an atheist per se, but it just wasn't important. It, you know, there were other things that were more important. Getting a girlfriend was more important. You know, or like, you know, or, or uh, getting going out and getting wasted was uh, more important. You know, but then I think that moment changed when I went fishing. I went fishing with my brother. And it was a really lovely day. And I remember seeing a little kingfisher fly past me and I saw a salmon jump out of the river and this sort of thing. And I just thought to myself, this world's really beautiful, isn't it? And from that, a little thought 
this world's really beautiful also made me say to myself, is there some someone or something to be thankful for, for all of this, basically. So then I just started uh, looking back into religion again. Uh, initially, I looked back into Christianity a little bit, um, but I'm happy to say I kind of discounted Christianity actually in the end because I was saying to myself like, oh, the Trinity doesn't make sense and the hypostatic union doesn't make sense and stuff like this. And then one day I'm, I'm scrolling through YouTube and I come across a video by a YouTube channel called SC Dower with a guy called Hashim in it. Hashim is one of the main debaters of Speaker's Corner. For any viewers who, or listeners, sorry, um, you don't know Speaker's Corner, it's a part of High Park in London. It's like uh, it's like basically where people get to go and debate people. It's like a symbol of free speech, basically. And uh, I started listening to these videos with uh, Hashim in, and Mansour. And then I came across uh, the EF Dower videos with uh, Hamza Mayat. And uh, I think he was easier to listen to because he's English like English through and through, you know, like uh, a na native guy, if you like. So it was easy to listen to him. But also for the first time, I got exposed to arguments, certainly against Christianity that I hadn't heard before. And uh, at the time, they seemed very logical. Things, things, for example, like how can God have a son? At the time, that seemed like a logical thing to say, really. Or, for example, that, uh, you know, three and one, well, one plus one plus one equals three. You know, so they were using these sorts of arguments. And, but also, I'm not sure if you're aware, like, I don't know, Elmo, if, you, if you're ignorant of, like I knew of Islam, of course, but if you're ignorant of it, are you aware it's a really easy religion to sell to someone? Like, I don't know, I'd like you to, like you to just comment on that. Do you know what I mean by it's easy? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have, I, I talk to a lot of Muslim friends and when it comes to like theism, you know, the, the first religion that you would actually head to when it comes to a monotheist religion is Islam, right? Because it's the most basic thing, you know, you're, you, you have, they rely on this classical theist concept of God and it, and it, it, it's really actually harder to be a Christian if you come, you're coming from like a philosophical understanding of who God is, because then you're going to have to arrive at the Trinity and you, it's getting more complicated. So uh, it, uh, on, in a, on a simpler scale, or which one is simpler and more basic? Well, Muslims do have that advantage. They well, when you dive very deep into Islam, it gets quite complicated actually. But on the surface, it's very simple, and it's very like it's the idea that you you know you worship just one God, you pray and you do your prayers, you you fast you fast during the month of Ramadan, and you generally just try to do all these good deeds. On the sur on the surface, it's so easy to sell someone. So in the end, I actually got in touch with. Uh, with EF Dower, I just spoke to them for a bit, like uh, just ask some questions. Like I asked some questions about the Quran, for example, and stuff like this. And then in the end, I ended up taking my Shahada with them uh, and I became a Muslim then. How long did it take? Yeah, like, what, How long was the process? I would say from the start of watching the videos to my Shahada, it was just about under a year, something like 11 months. 
something like 10 or 11 months. Like I know it wasn't quite a year, but I know it wasn't very far from it. Because because uh, I knew that deep down, oh, if I go down this road, this could have, this could really change my life, sort of thing. So I want to make sure this is this is correct, you know. And and at the time when I accepted it, I fully believed it was correct. Uh, it's because um, I was basically just completely sold on it. Uh, and actually, also well, one cool thing about islam actually so when you've become what they call a revert you don't convert to islam you revert to islam is the belief uh then literally everyone just loves you hugs you calls you brother you know buy gifts for you you're treated like a, such an honored guest basically and it makes you feel right at home straight away really it's like i don't know it's a yeah, <laughs> it's the best way to put it. Um, and then I guess I went through the journey of just being a Muslim, really. And uh, I used to attend Speaker's Corner with the other brothers and just have some fun down there. Uh, I even went on a retreat in a place called Milton Keynes. Uh, and the retreat was basically very basic in terms of it just taught you about the basics of Islam, it just taught you about the five pillars, the six pillars, how to pray etc etc there was nothing really con controversial that was talked about uh on that retreat but i will mention this there was one thing that was rather peculiar which was um they brought up at one point we used to have this little discussion group uh roughly about say five in the evening and they brought up the british definition of what terrorism was and basically said that was wrong and then gave an Islamic version of what terrorism was. Like, I don't know, would you want to comment on that? Because I did find that a bit a bit weird at the time. Yeah. Uh, well, my my question was um, when it comes to the to the belongingness that religions provide, right? For a, even Christianity could provide that to you, like how how Islam did. Do you think that was the the thing that got you into it, or was it the rational arguments? No, the rational arguments. Don't get me wrong. The sort of treatment that you get helps. But I wasn't aware of like um, like when I took my shahada, I was not aware of the sort of treatment you get. I was not actually aware of that. But certainly, the treatment that you get makes you just feel welcome and like almost at home, you know. But I would say that um, I would say though, in terms of the difference between Islam and Christianity, I would say reverts in Islam are, are much more revered and they're really well looked after. 
in comparison to converts to Christianity. I'm not saying that in Christianity we're completely cold to converts. I'm not saying that. But but um, say, for example, the support network. So when I became a revert, I was, I was in this group chat on Facebook with uh, the EF Dower members, but also all the other reverts. And if we had any questions, we could just pop, pop them in the group chat and someone would answer them. And do you get me? We had this great support network and even little things like, uh, well, this isn't really little, this is awesome. But for example, I live in South Wales, which is a good distance from, um, from London to Speaker's Corner. That's about, that's a solid three hour trip. Uh, I would, they would pay for like, uh, travel and a hotel for me to go and stay there you know, to go to Speaker's Corner. So, so it, it, you know, the support network you got was, they even paid for me to go on the retreat as well. You know, like, uh, you, know, you know, the support network you get is, is, is amazing. Uh, it's something you can't really knock. Um, and I guess also, you, you feel like you're part of something that's much bigger than yourself. Massive, you know? Um, and when you buy into that, it's, it's, it, you just you just feel so so at peace and welcome you know I guess I want to ask you about the first three months or so, you know, like when you were testing the waters of Islam, how did it uh, c come about? How did it go sort of thing? It was, um, well, it was fine, really. It was, uh, you know, like I say, you've got this great support network. How can you fail? You know, you, you'll be, you'll be completely fine, really. But, 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 uh, but, but, but what was on your mind? Like, uh, I'm a, I'm a, you know, like I'm, I'm a some someone from south wales and i'm usually from coming from a christian background right my most of my family are are uh, christian i see i yeah. see i see um there was a, there was um a few little i wouldn't describe them as backlashes per se but you know i would say my family wasn't necessarily impressed like they didn't like kick me out of the house or anything but they certainly weren't impressed uh a few of my friends, a couple of my friends disowned me, like not, not all of them, but one or two of them. So it was, cause I guess it's very alien and foreign, certainly where I come from, where I come from, it's like, uh, quite a sort of lots of little Baptist and Methodist chapels everywhere, <laughs> you know, it's that kind of area. Uh, so yeah, the, the, the hardest part about Islam was always being at home basically, but I was eventually connected to a mosque in Cardiff uh of a revert brother there and uh yeah like that that made life a lot easier going back and forth from there because cardiff wasn't too far from me so yeah but i see i would say overall the reaction i got wasn't too bad it could have been so much it could have been so much worse like and i was actually expecting it to be worse to be honest mm -hmm. but what i'm really curious about is like you know, before you were into all this stuff, you know, you were, you were, I guess like you were, you didn't really care about, uh, what, if you were an atheist or religious or anything, but what, 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 like, what beliefs did they convince you at the start? You know, like when they presented Islam, like how did they start to convince you? So it was the belief of, uh, 
so I believed that for definite, uh, before I even started looking into Islam, that something created the whole uh, earth and universe. I just wasn't, say, convinced of the idea it was a triune god from the triune god from Christianity, because to me that just sounded too, to me that sounded too complex and this kind of thing. Uh, and also, I I was also under the impression, and when I started watching the Islamic videos, that I didn't believe the Bible actually backed up the Trinity anyway. I've been proven wrong now, but you know, uh, but but yeah, I think it was the simple idea of God is one. And this God has created everything. So this God is worthy of your worship, which was essentially what I was searching for. That was the essence of what I was searching for, really. And I guess I found it within Islam, you know, is um, because it, it, on the surface, Islam does have this really simple message of uh, there is one God, you know, Allah, you worship and pray to him for creating you and for creating the universe. And obviously there's a little things like the fasting and stuff, but but the point is, is that uh, that's a that message resonated with me, you know, and I, I really embraced it, and I was like, yes, this is what I've been looking for. Mm, so, so you've been, I guess, like um, a, a Muslim. Did you were you, and you recited your Shahada, right? And for like eleven months, you were into it. What got you out? Well, I was actually a Muslim for two years in the end. It was eleven months just leading up to uh, discovering about it, but. I'd say the t the moment that started to take me out of it was I would say this was the catalyst anyway. Are you are you aware of that famous debate between uh, Muhammad Hijab and David Wood? So that was the catalyst. That was definitely the catalyst because I remember uh, you know uh, David Wood pointed out that Allah prays. Now in Islamic theology, that doesn't work in the sense of what God in Islam is meant to be. If he prays, that really doesn't work. That kind of breaks the whole concept of what God in Islam is meant to be. Now, I personally didn't necessarily think that hijab was the brightest tool in the shed. So so I didn't at that moment in time sort of go, oh, you know, this is the end of the world. I just kind of went, Do you know what, maybe someone along the lines of like Mansour or Hashim or Yasakadi or Shabi Ali or someone along these lines. The, you know, the proper, what I would describe as like the proper Muslim apologists. You know, they'll correct this. They'll correct this little blunder that's happened. But they never did. They never did, and they could never disprove it. So that just lingered in my mind. And then the next thing that started to, I would say this is the one that took me out altogether, was um, when Jay Smith and Hatton Tash started pointing out the textual variants of the Quran. Now, because that's an issue, because the Quran, the Quran claims to be uh, perfectly preserved, you know, with no variation. So I remember going uh, like privately on my own and saying, and I went up to Hatton and I said, look, I don't want to be on camera. I don't, I don't want to be shouted at. I literally just want to talk to you about, you, you know, your case for the Quran being corrupted. That's all. That's all. So we just kind of went into a little corner and I chatted to her and everything that she told me, like she showed me you know, the, the differences between the half swash Duri and all these different manuscripts and significant differences as well. And I guess when I left that day, I wasn't really a Muslim anymore in the sense of I didn't really believe it anymore. You know, um, 
but I would say, but I would say the final nail in the coffin was, um, I remember when I went home that day, I just turned on YouTube and there was a video of, uh, you know, um, Bob, the builder, the, the, uh, the, uh, apologist in speaker's corner, you're aware of him. Uh, yeah, he, uh, it was one of his videos. Oh, um, FYI, I hated Bob. Uh, there's a, actually, you can, anyone can look this up. If you look up, um, when Hamza and Bob debated, I'm the, I'm the young lad who went in and had a go at Bob <laughs> uh, and called him a disgrace and stuff like that. But anyways, so I wasn't keen on Bob. That's the point. I didn't like him at all, but I saw this video and I thought to myself, do you know what? I'm just going to listen to what he has to say for once. Cause I always used to blank out Bob cause I just thought he was a, I think you're programmed to think like this in Islam, but I just thought he was an Islamophobe and a hate preacher and all this kind of thing. But now for once I listened to him and I, I thought, you know what? He was debating, um, uh, Hashim. It was no, I'm sorry, not Hashim. It's this guy Omar on, on, uh, where the Quran permits adultery. And the thing was, was this, this boy, this young, this young lad couldn't disprove Bob in any way. And I was like, wow, this, yeah, how can I subscribe to a religion that allows this? And then, and then, yeah, there is, that was the final nail in the coffin, I'd say, was watching that video. I think I was already kind of out already at that point, but that was definitely the moment where I finally said to myself, do you know what? No more, no more. This, this religion it clear, clearly is false. It, it was sort of, I guess, had tune that started it, the fire. Yeah? Then it was kindled by Bob the Builder. Yeah, yeah. Bob the Builder of all people as well. <laughs> like, uh, I don't, if, if you listen, Bob, uh, nothing, nothing personal, mate. It was, but, you know, I, I did hate you at the time. <laughs> um, yeah, but I guess, like, disproving Islam doesn't really take you to Christianity itself. Well, the, here's the thing. I guess I, after watching that video of Bob's, I decided I might get in touch with him because I was watching a few other of his videos um, of him just defending Christianity. And for the first time in my life, he was someone who could defend the Christian faith from a rational point of view. He wasn't trying to just say it's true. You know, he was, uh, looking at it as, uh, historically he was looking at, and also using, if you like, fullness of the Bible and the fullness of scripture to say where the, where Christian beliefs come from. So, so I thought I did start to think to myself, this guy's actually got some very good points, you know, about Christianity. He's actually got some really good points. So I ended up getting in touch with him. When I say in touch with him, I actually, I remember sending an email to Soko Films, which is, uh, you know, um, JC or Soko, the guy who films Bob half the time. Um, but I addressed it to Bob, but I had mentioned that you know, I was uh, out of Islam and I was the boy who had a crack at Bob all those years ago. And uh, bloody JC gone and posted the email on YouTube, didn't he? <laughs> that was fun. But uh, but anyways, I got I then got in touch with Bob and I had a discussion with him about, say, things like original sin, because that was still a sticking point for me. Um, you know, and, but he managed to explain that very well. And also um, the idea of... Uh, if you like, why the crucifixion and the resurrection had to happen. Like, uh, but obviously that ties into original sin anyway. Um, and yeah, through the grace of God, Bob sort of talked me round 
to uh, to being a Christian, really, because I guess I was more curious. I think at first it was more of a case of I wanted to just hear the case for Christianity. But Bob put it quite good that I actually was like, Do you know what? There really is truth in this, isn't there? Because I guess, like I say, for the first time, he was not telling me to believe it. He was saying why you can believe it. And there's a that's something that, um, say, uh, the, the Dower team in this corner, they do do. They say, you we believe it for X, Y, and Z. You know, like, um, whereas over the years, I had not met many Christians who said to me, we believe this because of X, Y, and Z. We just believe it. So I think you need some, I think I needed someone like, I think I needed someone like Bob to uh, say to me, you know, I actually believe in Christianity because of these reasons, you know, uh, like for example, the fact that you can historically test uh, Jesus's crucifixion as to whether it was, it really happened or not. And, and the majority of the evidence will point to the fact that it did happen. You know, so it's things like things like that, and also how there are historical things in the Bible which you, uh, which you can test once again. So, I yeah, I, need, I needed I need I needed someone like Bob to be fair. <laughs> but it's just funny. It's just in hindsight, it's just funny how it was him of all people. I remember I remember hating him so much. I, I I feel that you know like for example like uh, if you look at yourself you know like remember yourself or what you did or what you thought what you believed in like a year ago or two years ago you would like slap yourself and like wake up you know <laughs> yes yes very much so very much so it's like Bob I'd called him every name under the sun names I won't repeat here um J J Jason Burns, who used to go down to Speaker's Corner a fair bit, I used to I used to call him names as well. I'm not going to repeat any of the names I used to call them on here. Uh, Hatton, Hatton, I used to refer to as the screechy Christian lady. Uh, you know, like uh, you know, I, I was I, I look back and think, oh, wow, I was proper mean to people, wasn't I? You know, and, for a Muslim. Uh, <laughs> fruits of islam right <laughs> well um but well, i'm not i, I don't I, I wouldn't say it was a fruit of islam it was just you bro it was just immature you i would say <laughs> yeah that, that's it that's a good point but also i think i will say this i think when you're within islam it does there is a there is a mentality of it's you guys against the world a little bit there is that mentality there. So I think some people don't necessarily be a bit aggressive. I wouldn't say I was totally aggressive, but, but you know, I wasn't, I wasn't that bad. I wouldn't, I wouldn't like, I wouldn't like try and hurt anyone. But, but I guess like but, that, that, but, that, but, yeah. that's that thing that, that thing that approach that, you know, it's you against the world. I think everybody has that, not just Islam, you know, it, it's, it's, there's an embedded tribalism in the differences that we have. No, I, I I agree with you there, but I guess certainly, say if you go down to Speaker's Corner, for example, um, and say you get someone like Bob, Bob like you know does like to poke the hornet's nest, if you like, and uh, ask some uncomfortable questions that the Muslims don't like. What does happen on occasion is you'll find that they'll all surround him and just gang up on him, you know, like um, whereas whereas that doesn't really happen with the Christians. You know, like, 
you know it doesn't really happen like i would say i would say if things start to escalate the christians will all sort of i wouldn't say gang up together but try and protect each other a bit but um but it's not quite that sort of mob mentality where you literally got like 30 40 people surrounding you like it's not quite that it's not quite like that <laughs> But you get a mixture. You get a you get a you get a mixture. You get a mixture in that mob, though. You get some who are just will just call you names, and then others say like when Hat Hatton got hit, like um, you'll get other that others then like that. So it's a mixed bag. Maybe it's uh, the I guess like the you know the inherent concepts of for for christians we're more of a very individualistic right and within christianity itself you know we fight each other so there's not really that much unity right even a methodist would you'd argue with a baptist on on this, this the intricacies of doctrines and whatnot but from for muslims you know there there I, I i would say that there are differences like in jurisprudence and theology but they're more of a united front yeah, so I guess that. Well, yeah, well, certainly say down in Speaker's Corner, the majority of the Muslims there are Sunnis. You do get a couple. You do get a couple of Shi Shias like Modin, who is, Modin is just hilarious. He's 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 brilliant. <laughs> like, uh, you know, um, but the majority of Shias, so the uh, sorry, the majority of Sunnis. So you do get the majority of them are singing off the same hymn sheet, I guess. And you actually you bring up a valid point, really, about Christ Christianity, though. Like, because I do feel like there is a lot of division and what have you, but we need to sort of look past it. I don't think there's anything wrong with like, uh, like I'm on Discord, as you know, and I don't think there's anything wrong with like debating these little doctrinal points. I don't think there's any harm in that, but I think we need to come together as well and, uh, you know, stand up for each other, a bit of solidarity, you know, like if you get me. Doesn't mean doesn't mean we have to agree though on all the same doctrines. Well, if I guess if you have that sort of mindset that you know, like we Christians, we have to stand up together because the real enemy, you know, the greater enemy is Islam. If you're that's gonna be your mindset, then uh, I don't think that's that. That's not that's that's not my mindset personally. I'm more of a, all I mean is it's like say, I'm just saying you speakers corner as an example. If like you know, someone tried to attack like Bob or say Ben, you know, uh, it, I would, I would be one of the first people to go and stick up for them. You know, like, um, that's what I more mean when I say solidarity. It's not the idea that it's like, it's, you know, it's not the idea that it's like us against the world. It ain't, it ain't that it's just more, you know, just, just look out for each other. And at the end of the day, we're all brothers and sisters in Christ, aren't we? So it's just look after each other and keep keep an eye on each other and make sure we're everyone's mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, I, but I want to ask you about the speaker's corner because you know, I I guess like it's one of my bucket lists to to debate someone in speaker's corner, but I have to go to England first. But yeah, um, generally, like, what's the atmosphere there? Like, what's the goal? Like, people people go there just to socialize or some actually like want to win arguments and uh defeat as many christians as possible or muslims as possible well well it, you get it it's a mixed bag in speaker's corner you know you get people so there's a like seriously youtube this guy you've got a guy like steve for example who steve the atheist he's affectionately known as 
And Steve literally goes to Speaker's Corner to troll people. Like, like you know, he, he, he is literally Speaker's Corner's resident heckler. That's all he is. Like, don't get me wrong, on, on occasions, Steve comes up with good points and, you know, can, can debate someone quite decently. But I think Steve just likes to go there, have a bit of fun. He likes to poke fun at people. Like, like he, would happily, he would happily heckle a Muslim as much as a Christian. He doesn't really have a bias there. Um, then you get people. Then you might get people along the lines of like Hashim and Mansour and uh, Hamza and you know I put Bob the Builder in this category and you know people like Hatton as well, where they they go there for say their causes, you know like uh, so you know the Muslims go there to to spread Islam basically and to debate and tear down other people's arguments. Likewise, so do people like well Hatton is more more up up for debating the Muslims than anyone else, to be fair. Uh, and whereas I'd say Bob would debate pretty much anyone who'd come up to him. But uh, you get the idea. These these people have come down for uh, for specific reasons, like um, and they know their stuff. These are the people that if you're new to Speaker's Corner, you don't want to debate because these are the people who who know what they're on about and can make you look very stupid. Then yeah, then I'd say you've got a third category, which is the one I'd put myself in, which is like, I like to go there and I like to have conversations and debates with people, but more out of the limelight. You know, like I like to just chat to people against the edge of the fence, if you like, and just and just have those sort of conversations where there's no pressure. You're just, ha you're just having a nice conversation. You know, I'm not there for any particular purpose. I just enjoy it for what it is, you know, and that sort of thing. Like I don't, and uh, like I've appeared on camera a couple of times in Speaker's Corner, but I would say only one, only twice on purpose. The other times have been just because I got caught in the limelight, if you like, in terms of I just got caught in someone's camera view. Yeah, I, I think it's a, like, like an a, awesome phenomenon, actually, because, you know, that you got... It's not actually like official formal debate, but it's just a bunch of people going there because they have sort of this uh, invisible law that they all understand, you know, this mutual sort of respect that we're just there for conversation, right? Is, is there like an organization there or something? Oh, no, 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 no. No, you don't have that with Speaker's Corner at all. So, so from my understanding, where Speaker's Corner sort of came from is uh, so... You've got, for example, an, another equivalent to Speaker's Corner would be the Oxford Union in Oxford University. Like um, the Oxford Union will debate any topic. No topic is off bounds. Like uh, it's it's uh, they very much firmly believe in free speech. But there's only two ways you can you can debate in, in the Oxford Union. One you've got one is you've got to be studying at Oxford University, and the other one is you've got to be invited. Like those are the only two ways you could you could get into the Oxford Union. There's no other way to do it. And I, as I understand it, Speaker's Corner is basically the peasants' version of the Oxford Union. Like in the sense of, uh, you know, it's anyone can go there, rich or poor. You know, it's just it's just a 100 meter stretch of high park, and that's all it is. You know, and I would say you it's regulated if you like by the police in terms of the police will pull up anyone who's being aggressive or anyone who is because like obviously there are some some limits to free speech in some respects for example if someone stood on a box and started screaming out gas all the jews i don't think the police would let you keep saying that 
say, you know, like uh, the police will 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 keep an eye on things. And they certainly have been ever since the, the events with Hatton, like uh, the assaults on her and stuff like that. They've certainly been policing it very heavily now. It's 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 scary, though, to think that, you know, you just there to 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 repeat things that mo a lot of like the most Christians already believe and you're going to be targeted for being that representative, you know, do you, do, what, what do you think about what's happening to that? You know, the, the hate, the, the mob like, uh, attitudes. So what, so what, like the stuff that's basically happened with Hatton recently, I guess, um, my opinion is mixed, really. I believe that I believe that Han has the right to do what she's been doing, like uh, having a Quran with her, uh, holes drilled in it, etc., etc. I believe she's got that right to do that. However, for example, when she got hit, it was going to happen at some point. Like, you know, that she was get for a while. She was getting a reaction out of the Muslims. I'm not saying Hatton was deliberately trying to get a reaction. That's not, not my point here. But you're, you've done something that is clearly going to get a reaction. And all it's going to take is someone who's finally brave enough to hit you. Like, do you know what I mean? You have, at the end of the day, desecrated their holy book. So, yeah, I, I, I'm of the impression that Hatton should be allowed to do it, but do I personally agree with what she's done? Not really. I think it's a bit distasteful and, uh, you know, not really the right way to, yeah, to get I your guess point like, across. It's like, it's like, like uh, for me, like if, if I, I had like a family picture, you know, of my family and, you know, I value that very much, like, like how a Muslim would value the Quran or which they, they really value highly, right? And they, it, for them, it's sacred. And if for someone to, someone were to like desecrate the, the picture of my family or do something horrible to it, or, you know, just, you know, disrespect it in, in some horrible way, then I would myself be personally affected, right? And that's, that's the kind of thing that you would expect if had of what Hatun did right with the Quran and yeah like like I remember a lot of people sort of beings there were people who were surprised that Hatun got hit I might have been one of the only people who wasn't and what I mean by this is that she this was going to happen at some point all it took was one guy who was finally brave enough to do it like doesn't justify it that that guy would that guy should have never have hit Hatun in the first place but it was, but it, but it was going to happen, and like, yeah. So I have got quite a mixed view on it. I, I do believe what she's been doing is distasteful, and like, also it has potentially put the future of Speaker's Corner in jeopardy. You know, like, I do believe there are better ways to make your point than that. But at the end of the day, she does actually have the right to do it. So I'm not gonna. I don't think any of us can tell her that she can't do it. Yeah, you know she can continue to do it. By okay, well, I, yeah, but I, I want to ask you more about like who you are now as a Christian. Like, what do you believe? How's your spiritual life? And if you got convinced of Christianity because of like the rational arguments that because you you said that you need someone like Bob the Builder to actually convince you of of Christianity, so. 
well, like where are you now in your in your spiritual journey? Very strong, to be fair. And I think uh, ever since I stepped back into Christianity, it's just been getting stronger and stronger all the time. Um, and uh, I guess in the end, I've uh, I've ended up coming from the sort of Roman Catholic angle. So that's the church I attend. And um, yeah, I can't complain really. And it's also been good that I've now met a lot of good people um, in terms of, uh, you know, like say Ben Beale, who you have, you've had on your podcast. Like he's a good lad and like, I've got a lot of time for him and like Bob, I've got a lot of time for him. Kay as well, JC, uh, like all these people are great people and it's good to have them around. But I guess, yeah, just, and also one thing I found is the stronger I've been getting in Christianity, the cut, the calmer I've been getting and like, the, be the better kind of life seems to get. I haven't had any supernatural experiences of like seeing thunder and lightning and all this stuff. I just feel like the peace of God in me, you know, that's all. And, uh, what about like your certainly prayer my plan life? Now, like, do you, you feel like the, you know, like the Holy Spirit is working in you and stuff like that, you know, the spiritual side of things? I would say so. Yes. Like, um, I'm a, I, I'm a lot, better at like witnessing to people now and just explaining like my faith to them you know not in that bible bashing type of way but just but just sharing my faith with people and in fact i'm going to be starting up a youtube channel soon as a christian apologist because i basically want want to be able to do a similar or perform a similar role as what say maybe bob performed for me like uh i i would more do it in the angle of i want to approach anyone i don't just want to debate muslims i want to debate mm. jews or atheists mm. or yeah let, let, let's Hindus talk about let's talk about and, like, know, the you know. christian theology for a moment yeah and then i want to understand how yeah. you look at christianity right now and uh, let's say that you know you work you were uh, you you said that you now believe in original sin right Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, it, yes, because um, without without original sin, G uh, Jesus is not necessary. Mm -hmm. So, like, to you, like, who, who is Jesus? In like, he, he, you do you believe in like the the you know the most basic Trinity? You know the Orthodox uh, view of the Trinity. Yeah. Yes, I I would say so. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I, when it when it comes to salvation, though, right? Like, I want to ask you if if I, you know, accept Jesus Christ as, as my Lord and Savior, is, could there be a point in my life after it that that I leave Christianity and I stop being saved? So you've accepted Jesus Christ, and then but then you uh, you're not saved. I, like, I, I, after like five years or ten years, you know, I you know I started like losing my faith, and you know, I just I was an atheist again. Would I be? Would I have lost my salvation? I would say so. Yes, because your faith has to last you up until the day you die. Mm. So, like if you and cer certainly if you. Uh, like I, I think it's possible for people to say be a christian at some point in their life then maybe they become atheist and then maybe they become a christian mm. again you know like um i think it's more that if you if you die uh not accepting 
Jesus as your savior. That's the crucial part. Mm -hmm. So I guess like in order for me to be saved, I have to stay a Christian until I die. Yes, because if you if you uh, renounce it, if you renounce uh, your Christian faith, like completely, like in Christian in Christianity, it's taught that you know you you don't necessarily have to be the strongest or the best believer to go to heaven. It's not like that. Where it's it's just more that the idea that you have that faith within you still. Whereas if you renounce it altogether, you say that God doesn't exist, Jesus didn't die, etc. Then you you're uh, think of it as like you've got a the way I the way I was once told it is like this. Imagine you've got a check in your back pocket, or everyone does, for a million quid. So a million quid here in the UK, right? And uh, everyone has got a chance to check it. The Christians are the ones who have checked it. Okay, but if I, if let's say that you know, like I was a Christian, I accept Jesus Christ, but uh, at some after ten years, I became an atheist. Yeah, uh, and I died an atheist. Would I actually would did I actually accept Jesus Christ the first time I did, or was it what was just was that just a false acceptance? Well, I, I I'd never really accepted him in the first place. Or did I actually lose my salvation? I, I would I would personally believe you would lose your salvation in that case. Yeah, that reminds me of like, because I think back to when I was a Christian first time around. Um, like, because even though I kind of, I do wonder, I sort of half believed in Christianity the first time around, cause just because just I was brought up around it, you know, and my, like, like you know, my, my, my grandparents were Christian, my brother was Christian, you know, and, uh, yeah, like I wonder, I wasn't necessarily the most sincere believer, so I do wonder that sometimes. Like, um, what what would class you as? Because uh, this is a question I've been wondering about recently. Especially, I remember having this conversation on Discord literally a few days ago. Um, what would what counts as like a true true believer of Christ? Is it say someone who? goes to church every Sunday, for example, or is it someone who would, who would live out, live out their lives with like the love of Christ in their heart and they would display it. So it's quite a, quite a, it's an interesting topic really. And it's one I've been thinking about quite a lot recently. Well, I guess, yeah. But for you, like, how do you define a real true Christian? Like, what does it really mean to be someone on the Christian side, not just believe the Bible or Christ's resurrection, but actually be a Christian that is born again? I would say their actions show it. So um, in terms of how they treat people, how they look at the world, and like, because I guess, say take someone someone like, like Bob, for example. I guess I always knew, I'm not going to describe it as his speaker's corner persona, but I guess I knew him when he was at first, when he was just debating people. And when he debates people, he doesn't take any prisoners, does he? Um, but anyways, but when I actually got in touch with him, I got to know really who the man really was. And what actually came across was this really genuine, gentle, kind, like person who was also genuinely concerned about, say, my salvation and, and uh, wanted me to share in that salvation, you know? So like, I would say it's how you, I'd say it comes forth in your actions, but when, but, but more in your actions, when you can sense that necessarily these people are not really trying 
It's just that their faith has actually made them do this. Like they feel touched by it and it's making them do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Yeah, it, it's like like this though. Uh, when it comes to salvation, yeah, we Christians have so many doctrines or differences in in how it comes about. You know, like Calvinists say say that oh, you you are going to be saved because God chose you uh, be, even before creation and all of that predetermination. And some believe that it, it was also on our part that we actually chose God himself, you know, so we are also sort of responsible for our salvation. But to me, like, if, I, if I'm a Christian, right, if I'm looking at all of this, how would I know which, which like, side is right? Is it the Calvinists, the Arminians, like, whoever, Evangelicals, you know, Presbyterian, who is right? For me, it would be I would actually find the answer if I would go into prayer and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal it to me, right? And and not rely on human under basic just human cognition because you know salvation is something I would say is a mystery really. Like even children could get saved, and I don't think that it's it's not. I don't think understanding is the is the epitome of of really being saved, right? I think it's 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 it goes much deeper and more complicated than that and and when it comes to that I I I, I tend to not take but, a side yeah I guess in terms of that wise idea by the wise idea by yeah. the way <laughs> yeah you know um, it, it for me like it it would unify us Christians you know if if I were in a room with a Catholic and I'm a Baptist and there was a let's say a or an Orthodox Christian uh, for uh, you know an Eastern Orthodox one and we were to you know if we were to debate a Muslim let's say and we were to have the solidarity it would be better for us to have I guess like a vague position on uh, on on the doctrines and just you know agree, sort of agree to disagree and I guess like talk about and, and yeah it's like and I think that yeah at the end of the day I guess I've looked when what it's like I've ended up being a, a, a Catholic right but that came from research and it came from me trying to find out where my place in Christianity is um Oh, by the way, the amount of times you get called a heretic as a Catholic is quite funny. But um, but anyways, uh, but like obviously the Catholic church, the, the Catholic teaching, the Catholic teaching is very much you're saved by yes, God's God's grace first and foremost. God's grace is what is going to get you to heaven. Like that will trump everything else. But you're also saved by your works. The idea being that uh, is it's it's it, the idea being it's no good. To, ju to just have faith, you've actually got to do something about it. Just the best effort, though, that you can make, basically. But but say if I was if but say if I was a Calvinist, I would say no. Your faith is your faith is strong enough. That that will do it. Like if I if I was a Calvinist, but but I think I think these these I think these. I would call I don't know I I don't like how we all f people like to fall out over this. So I think there are a few uh, schools of thought here. And I think it's best to accept that we've all got these schools of mm. thought. Well, the way I would answer it, answer that is is this, right? Like, it, you know, we, we, we I, the equation is this, like grace plus works equals salvation. I'd say like grace plus salvation 
equals works, right? So it's not that works is the cause for your salvation. It is grace, right? As the Catholic believes and and any Christian would believe, but there has to be works in the equation too, right? Like you can't be a Christian and, and, and still be doing the same thing that you've done before. You know, there's actually need to be this transformation in your life, this change, right? This good works has to be in the equation. So I would say... San, san, yes, uh, to be in the sanctification process, of course, it, we have to go, go through that direction. Yeah, sanctification, like, like, yeah, but I, I, we need, we need, um, I guess, I, I agree. I guess the one thing, I guess it's not known within the Catholic teaching is they say that uh, your works are done through God's grace anyway. So overall, it is God's grace that gets you into heaven anyway. You know, like it, 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 it's just, I think it's more the idea or what the teaching is meant to do. It's the idea of you're a Christian, be one, you know, like, uh, you know, actually let this impact, impact you and impact your heart and, and actually change you as a human being, mm. like obviously for the better. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and and you know, it, I I don't say it a lot, but I, I actually I'm more of an Eastern Orthodox guy in what I believe. But uh, there's no Eastern Orthodox Church here in my country, so <laughs> so I have to I have to compromise. <laughs> but yeah, um, <laughs> but okay. Uh, well, so there's nothing wrong with that. I- but how are you with? Um, with Ben Beal and Bob the Builder, like, what's your plan with your YouTube channel, bro? Like, where is that going? Uh, pretty much, I just want to be a Christian apologist and just take on all comers, really. Like, um, I don't really, like, for example, Bob very much, um, and this isn't meant as a criticism of Bob at all, uh, Bob very much focuses, say, on critiquing Islam, which is fine. You know, and I, I, I sort of do commend him for that in a way, especially the way he goes about it. But that's not what I would prefer to do. I think what I would prefer to do is uh, just take on all comers, whether it's atheists or Jews or Hindus, Buddhists, Muslims, whatever. Take on all comers. And like, um, that's kind of the plan, really. I guess I want to be able to, and also I want to be able to share something that has actually changed my life and impacted But why? Me. It's. I'm curious because I I I I feel it feel it feels like if I I wouldn't usually say this, um, but I guess it feels like a calling almost. I feel like uh, I feel like it's part of maybe what God wants me to do. Because I have always been I have always been very good at talking to people. I have always been quite good um, at interacting with people. It's always been one of my greatest skills. And I feel like maybe put that to good use, you know. Um, and like I say, I'm I'm not out, I'm not going to be one of those apologists who's just out there to get people. I more just want to be able to just debate people in a spirit of goodwill and in love, rather than I'm here to tear down what you believe because you're an idiot. Do you know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I guess like it. it how I look at it is that, you know, you're someone here, you know, who's living your life normally. And then you see this great challenge 
Yeah, and, and it, it goes on every day in Speaker's Corner where it sort of become became your life mission, I guess, to to be on the front lines and defending Christianity and and actually helping people reach where you are right now and you you arrived at the truth, right? I think that's how you look at it. Yeah, that that, that is very true because also the, the the Christians do need reinforcements, say in Speaker's Corner. You know, they, they're a lot stronger now than when uh, I remember when when I first started going and stuff, first started watching the videos. They're a lot stronger now, but they do need reinforcements. And they need people who are willing to go there and, to, pardon me, debate and uh, spread the gospel, really. They need people there to do that. And I guess, I don't know, I just, I just had this, I had this thought, um, a little while ago about if you like joining the fight and I just, but I wasn't sure at first, I just basically prayed about it, but that thought has always got stronger and stronger. So in the end I've kind of gone, do you know what? Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to join, join in this fight. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, but can I ask you one last question? Right. And, um, I think it's, it's really important yeah, to ask this and it's been a great conversation with you, bro. I've enjoyed it very much and learned so much. Um, when you were, I guess, like the, when you actually converted back to Christianity, you know, um, did someone share the gospel with you and like, how, what did you, how was it and why did you feel that it was the truth? Uh, that person was Bob mm -hmm. really. And, uh, I think. I guess I, cause when I left Islam, I was still believed very much that God was still out there somewhere. Mm -hmm. Just necessary. It wasn't necessarily Islam. I, in fact, at one point I was wondering whether there was, where, there was no religion with the true God in it at mm -hmm. one point, but anyways, um, but there was one thing I always thought about God should mm -hmm. be, God should be loving and care and mm -hmm. caring, for example. And I guess all you have to do is read the Gospels and look at who Jesus was. And one thing that made me realize was, if this is truly God, wouldn't I be a fool not not to follow mm. this? Yeah, and that's what got you into you know, Christianity, so, right? You know, fa and, uh, yeah, thanks be to God, yes. Awesome. Well, um, Sam, it's been awesome talking to you, man. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, it's, you're being a great guest. God bless, God, God bless you, by the way. Bye, brother. man. So that's the end of it. Thanks for tuning in, guys. This is your host, Elmo Ador Jr. And thank you for listening in. And please subscribe. Please follow us on Facebook. Please, please follow this. Please. Thanks. It takes a lot of ingredients to fix or build a car, like cooking, but without the frozen dinner easy way out. eBay Motors has 122 million parts. It's always the right fitment, so you can follow any recipe to a T. Whether it's a vintage Italian coupe that's classic like grandma's meatballs or a German luxury car that's as complicated as Oma's Rouladen. To cook up something great in the garage, use the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride.
Holidays are here, and so is fashionable fitness. Gift yourself a Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G, a phone that folds in half to literally stand on its own. Pair it with the Galaxy Watch 4 for ultimate wellness and wow factor. Check health stats, flex personal records. Over 90 activities can be tracked, like biking, swimming, golfing, and more. Invest in yourself with tech made to crush goals. Holidays open up with Galaxy. Shop it all at Samsung.com. 5G connection and availability may vary. Check with Carrier. Products sold separately.